So we're now up to the third track on Prince's 1999 album, and this song is Delirious. Delirious was the third single released off of 1999 in the United States. I guess it was the fourth single released off 1999 in the UK because DMSR was uh, actually uh, an officially released track over there, which it wasn't in the United States. But Delirious was a pretty big hit. It was a top 10 hit for Prince. Um, I I remember hearing it on the radio uh, fairly frequently when I was a kid. So this is going to be one of those songs that definitely uh, helped put Prince on the map. Same way 1999 and Little Red Corvette did. And to discuss the, the lyrics of Delirious with me today, I've got Jerry Bonner. Good morning. Good morning, Jason. Thanks for having me once again. Yeah, you're welcome. I think uh, we've collaborated now a handful of times on on some of these Prince Lyrics podcast episodes. And so uh, people probably know what you're about and what you're up to. But if you want to just quickly give uh, the listeners just a very brief introduction to who you are and um, maybe where they could find you, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, my name's uh, you know Jerry Bonner. I I've gr- grew up in the uh, the Philadelphia area, born and raised, um, and uh, you know I do a lot of different things, uh, you know, on the internet, writing and, and things of that nature, mostly uh, video game related type stuff, um, writing wise. But obviously a, a huge uh, music and and Prince fan since uh, since I was a lad. And uh, if you want to check me out on uh, Twitter, it's at uh, jbonner71 on Twitter. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so Delirious, um, what, are, what are your original thoughts of the song as far as like going back to when you heard it maybe the first time or, you know, if, if you have any recollections of that, did you hear it on the radio? Did you have 1999 album and you heard it there? What was your introduction to the song? Uh, my introduction again was uh, the, the radio, much like uh, Little Red Corvette. And it, I read a few things that, that solidified this, and I, I wasn't 100% sure. I thought maybe my memory was a bit jumbled. But I remember hearing Little Red Corvette, then 1999, and then Delirious. And it's from what I understand is that 1999 was released first, but it didn't really do well. And then Little Red Corvette took off, and then they re-released 1999 as a single, and then that became big. And then Delirious. Um, at least that's – and that's the way I recall hearing the uh, – the order of the, of the singles off of 1999. Um, and my, my first take on delirious was that it was just such a, a cool, fun song. Um, you know, that, that, that keyboard riff, you know, it just hooked you, uh, immediately. And, you know, and then of course, you know, and I remember this distinctly laughing out loud at the end of the song with the, uh, you know, the baby, uh, laughing, cooing sound, you know, just be like, <laughs> where, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> right. You know, you never heard it. Didn't really hear too much. I was like, okay. And, you know, just kind of like literally laughing out loud when, and maybe thinking it wasn't part of the song. Like I thought maybe at first it was like the DJ messing around and the, the local station at the time that I listened to for a lot of pop songs um did weird stuff like that they would like play weird sound effects or you know that was kind of the you know the wacky dj motif of of that of that time um so i thought maybe at first that that was it was the dj messing around but no it was obviously you know part of the song so you know those were my uh you know original uh takeaways from it it was just this kind of very different sounding very cool song that had that like cool you know keyboard hook yeah yeah, and, and your recollection is very similar to mine as far as like the order of the tracks because, you know, probably guys like us where we were listening to the radio and we were maybe plugged into 
you know, maybe the coolest and most up-to-date uh, radio stations. <laughs> I was listening to pop radio, so they were just going to play whatever was popular by definition. Sure. So uh, the original release of 1999, the single, wasn't going to catch uh, our pop radio station's uh, ear because it just wasn't a hit yet. So they they weren't the tastemakers. They were just the ones playing songs that were already popular. So they weren't going to break a song on on my local radio station. Let's just put it that way. So once Little Red Corvette became a, a hit and they started my radio station started playing it, then like you said, then they re-released 1999, and then so my radio station picked up on that because now Prince was a a known commodity uh, as an artist, and so any release after that that was going to you know do anything on pop stations and pop uh, charts was going to get played, and Delirious was third in line and i remember also like you really being attached and attracted to that uh, keyboard riff and uh, it just was it was a much slighter song in terms of like more fun i guess 1999 was kind of heavy with it oh yeah yeah with its lyrical <laughs> content although yeah. a lot of it i have to admit went a little bit over my head as an eight-year-old but i still knew that there was more to it than just you know partying Oh yeah, totally. Little Red Corvette had its uh, double entendres and metaphors, and it was you know, more of a, you know, a serious song as well. Nothing serious about Delirious. I mean, the song is just meant to be fun. It's meant to be kind of just you know a really poppy, fun, uh, lyrically slight but still very clever written track, uh, and it's got that keyboard riff, but it also has. And I didn't pick up on it at the time either because the keyboard riff was just too too much for me and I just couldn't listen or hear anything else in the song. But it's got this rockabilly style. And I remember the Stray Cats were popular at the time with the Stray Cat strut and, and things like that. And so I didn't pick up that this was actually a bit of a, had a, had a bit of a rockabilly um, style sound to it because it was so so buried. It, it didn't sound like your traditional Elvis or Stray Cats song where it was just very guitar based this was more keyboard based but it still used that style of singing to and um and Prince has this uh, vocal affectation that he uses in this song that he doesn't use in Little Red Corvette in 1999 that you know you pick up on those things later and I didn't pick up on at the time no me either um it's it's odd. I mean, uh, you know, again, when we I knew I was going to be on this, I did a little bit of research on on the song itself, and apparently, um, Prince saw the Stray Cats in London, um, and you know, loved them, and then decided that he wanted to have maybe you know, the rockabilly influence, um, you know, in in a couple songs. Obviously, that you know, the Stray Cats kind of brought back at that time, um, and I think you know they. They cite Jackie Woff being in the same vein, that kind of fun, playful thing going on. Um, and I, I didn't, I wouldn't have taken that away, you know, any kind of rockabilly Elvis type influence listening to this, or, you know, this is kind of Prince's version of, of that. I would have not have taken that away until reading it, you know, in my set and just being like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. That, you know, it, it's an interesting side note, I think, but. Not something that's, you know, a 12, 13-year-old boy that I immediately picked up on. No, just because he does his own things with it. You know, he's got the Lynn drum going on. Oh, yeah. Got, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, heavy synthesizers. 
and with the with the samples that he was using in the studio with the baby laughing and i mean there's there's those types of things all throughout 1999 so many sound effects and background sounds in the album and that just goes with having a you know a bigger studio and bigger budgets and all the things that prince had for recording this album and um with delirious it's like jack you off delirious and horny toad which yeah. is the b-side to this right. song all have that the same f- kind of thing yeah. they do they yeah. all three of them if you played them back to back to back and the, and you showed and you played these for people and said this is prince they were like oh well he's just a one-trick pony isn't he because he's oh, all, all he's doing is yeah right this one thing and you're like yeah, yeah. right He's just doing this for this moment, and then he'll get bored of it, and then he'll do something else. <laughs> right, and then he'll never do this again. Exactly. <laughs> he put out three songs with the basically the same kind of feel to it and the same song structure, but um, don't get used to it because it goes away very quickly. Exactly. <laughs> After about 81, 82. Yep. Okay, so um, mentioned the the background of the song and a little bit about you know its significance. It's... It's not really ever considered, I mean, as far as like on the list of songs from 1999, it's a really good song, but it's rarely cited as people's favorite. And I think it's just because it is kind of repetitive and and um, there's not a lot of meat to the song. But this track is just filled with, you know, car metaphors and uh, a lot of double entendres and just stuff that Prince was kind of already being known for at this time and we'll get through the lyrics here in a minute but yeah what uh, did you pick up on a lot of those i'm assuming not, not as a younger boy uh, not when I, you know i just thought it was this fun thing and you're kind of singing along and not really grasping the words but again upon you know knowing that i was going to be doing this and, and looking at the lyrics again I, I didn't realize how overtly sexual the song was until re- i mean he's obviously talking about not being able to control himself, you know, and, and around this woman in a way. And it, it, I, it, you know, this is the thing that it came to to me is it, that uh, there's a song on uh, graffiti bridge, tick, tick, bang, not similar, <laughs> not similar yeah. in, um, in any kind of musical style, but lyrically, yes, it's not, I, I here's this woman and I'm not able to control myself sexually and I'm going to have an orgasm before I want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, you know, it's a bit of, you know, premature, if we'll, we'll call it that. And um, and that's what, I, you know, taking it away again, it's, it's what he's saying here. It's like, you know, you're just, you make me delirious and I can't control myself uh, when we're, uh, you know, in bed or however you want to phrase it. And obviously, Tick, Tick, Bang goes along those same lyrical narrative, I guess you could say. Yeah, and Tick, Tick, Bang was originally written um many, many years before Graffiti Bridge. So I think it even precedes the original version of Tick, Tick, Bang, I want to say precedes even the 1999 album. That I did not know, and that would make more sense then now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could look it up quick, but I believe that he had written and recorded a version of Tick, Tick, Bang that was much more uh, new wave. It was more like in the um, the vein of uh, Ronnie Talk to Russia had a very fast beat. That would make very sense. Very Dirty Mind controversy era sound. And I want to say he wrote it or recorded it. I don't know when he wrote it, but he re- I think the original version that he recorded, I want to say like 81, maybe. Um, I'm, and it's out there. I've, I went to princevault.com. I could find the, the answer. I'm just too lazy to do that right now. But <laughs> You can edit it in. You can edit it in. <laughs> too lazy to look it up. But I know that Tick, Tick, Bang was recorded 
uh, earlier than way earlier than it was actually released, or you know the original version of that. So huh. he could have had so the idea for ten years or so. That's interesting. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, he does that. I mean, extra lovable is a great example. What <laughs> he has an extra level version from the 1999 era. I didn't put it out until Hit and Run Phase Two. So what yeah. the hell? Um, but anyway, so the 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 concept of behind somebody who's so excited and so uh, sexually aroused by a very attractive woman where he can't physically control himself um, is dates back to that. And so delirious is more like, okay, well, I had that idea. I didn't didn't finish it or didn't complete it, didn't release it. But I could use that same idea about just being so overwhelmed with lust that uh, I just can't control myself again. But I'll do it on this song called Delirious that I'm writing for for 1999. Right. All right. So let's get into the lyrics. Um, like I said, this is actually, I didn't say yet, but this is the shortest song on 1999. And it's just under four minutes. And you, and you might think, oh, that's not that short. But for 1999, that's, that's, that's short. Rich. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... A lot of stuff going on on 1999. Yeah, I mean, we've got yeah. nine-minute songs on 1999, and, and five-plus minutes is the norm. Let's just put it that way. Even for, like, the radio songs, like Little Red Corvette and 1999, those both go to five minutes and um, and beyond in some cases. And so even Delirious, a song that falls under four minutes, apparently that was still not short enough and they had to do a radio edit so there's a radio edit version that's under three minutes so they cut a whole like minute off towards the end of the song with taking off some of the uh, the repeating of the of the chorus and some of the the music yeah the, there's like an instrumental yeah and just make it like a two minute 40 minutes two minute and 40 second song and I'm like, did you really need to do that? I mean, Delirious is not that long of a song to begin with, but yeah, got a radio. You know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, you say that. I I know what you and it. Not until I guess I I got you know the album, and or Prince became more famous or he became more of a rising star that they started playing those extended versions. Um, you know, they they would. I didn't hear you know the the ending of 1999. You know, the kind of creepy children. You know, mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? Until you know, probably about a year later, I, I guess, or maybe not. I, I but I know the first time I heard it, it was like, what the hell's going on here? What is this part of the again? It was this part of the song, or so. I think that was part. I mean, once he became like a star, they started, you know, playing his, at least in my area, the more indulgent versions of the songs, the, the full versions, or yeah. even, even dance mix versions, you know, here and there you would hear. So, you know, that, that was at least around my area in the, in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I mean, for the most part, I think radio edits were the standard, and you were lucky if you got to hear like the full album versions on the radio. So that's pretty it's pretty cool. Yep. All right, so he starts off the the verse. I get delirious whenever you're near. Lose all self-control, baby, just can't steer. 
Wheels get locked in place. Stupid look on my face. It comes to making a pass, pretty mama. I just can't win a race. So but literally almost every line in this is referring to some sort of car metaphor with uh, baby just can't steer, wheels get locked in place, comes to making a pass, just can't win a race. And, and, and I like the when it comes to making a pass, pretty mama, that's, that's a pretty good line because obviously that can have multiple meanings, just like any good double entendre or metaphor. You can take it more than one way. Making a pass on a in a in a race, as he says in the next line, or making a pass in terms of like trying to hit on her or trying to get her attention, um, because he's delirious. He's delirious with, and as I mentioned before, I feel like this is a song about lust. <laughs> it's, I don't I don't get the impression that he's like dating anybody in the song. This is his girlfriend. This is just a girl that, or possibly a girl that he's just really attracted to, and has um this this lustful eyes for is that what you kind of take away from that as well and yeah no doubt um the thing to me i guess the the two that you know and again i, I looking at it with adult eyes it you know wheels get locked in place and, and stupid look on my face it, to me and again like, i guess it, it gives more like an or, or, orgasmic kind of um connotation at least in my mind you know it, you're kind of locked in and you're, you, you know, then you, you know, you make a stupid face and it's all over. <laughs> oh, it's time about Prince's O face. Okay. All yeah, right. the, exactly. The O face. <laughs> that's what I mean. I don't know. You know, wheels get locked in place, stupid looking on my face. I mean, it could be, you know, yeah, he, you know, she just walks by or something and then, you know, then, you know, he gets kind of transfixed by this, this woman as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then he's kind of drawn toward her um, as well. They, you know, as you said, it, you can interpret it as any good, lyricist or you know double entendre you know you want to it could have you know several meanings interpreted several different ways so yeah for sure for sure and losing self-control baby just can't steer so that's you know if you come want to take that in a different way you could think of it as also sexually driven losing self-control losing his ability to um, control the uh, the sexual encounter he's having with her so premature ejaculation i guess we're going to come to that later on then verse two there's definitely a line where yeah <laughs> that becomes way more obvious that's what he's referring to this one you can maybe uh think of we're, it we're leading up to that leading up to it thank you that, yeah. that's a good way to put it <laughs> so the chorus then is very very standard there's not much to it it's just a way for him to repeat the the name of the song and get some of the synth lines in the because i get delirious and then he just repeats that delirious. Then you've got the simple line, do, 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 do. and you've got that going on for a few times. He repeats delirious again, and and then it goes right next into the next verse. So there's not a lot of extended musical breaks in the song. There isn't a lot going on in terms of changing up the music. It's um, pretty much the same throughout the song. It just keeps moving forward in the same manner, which is fine when the when the song is relatively short and when the music is this catchy, I guess. <laughs> no doubt. I'll get delirious if you hold my hand. Body gets so weak, I don't understand. The temperature's running hot. Baby, you got to stop. If you don't, I'm gonna explode. And girl, I got a lot. I'll get delirious. Delirious. 
So verse two, I get delirious when you hold my hand. Body gets so weak I can hardly stand. My temperature's running hot. Baby, you got to stop. Because if you don't, I'm going to explode. And girl, I got a lot. All right. I'll let you take on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, yeah, it's just um, an extension of, of what we were saying. You know, any physical touch that he has with her, I mean, even holding a hand, you know, is bringing him to a uh, a certain point, shall we say. Um, and, uh, and you know, he, he's saying that, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot, I guess. There's going to be, you know, you, I can't control it in, on any level. And, um you know, you, a slightest touch of you know of your hand even will uh, will cause me to uh, lose it, and um, it's going to be quite the eruption, shall we say? Yeah, and he's bragging a little bit. He's bragging exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Although I don't Girl, know. I got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I'm not so sure that that is a, a an attribute that women really find that important, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's definitely um, in this song just but it's essentially telling her that he's just horny for her horny as hell for her and uh he just can't control himself and every line in the song is just meant to kind of reiterate that point he's delirious when when she holds his hand his body yeah, gets it's so weak so like his just a little bit of touch from this woman and he just loses it he just barely can you know oh, stand good. up keep yeah. keep upright <laughs> and uh his temperature's running hot so that you know obviously means that he's getting aroused is another term for physical arousal getting hot sure um and and then just her touch is enough to potentially make him explode and that's mm, i don't know i mean that's that's it's flattering i'm sure for a woman to know that it doesn't take that much but also at the same time like oh dude come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's a weird one because it, you know I've heard various you know stories where things of like uh, kind of like that have happened uh, you know to friends and things of that nature and to I friends, really right? Just a, we'll just say it to friends. To friends, yeah, no, no, <laughs> never me, never to me. <laughs> How dare you make such an insinuation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, but yeah, you, you hear stories of things like that happening, and you know, it, I think it really just. Obviously, you know, the man is always uh, embarrassed by those type of situations. And it really, I think, depends on the maturity level of the woman. You know, either, sure. it's, either she's flattered or it's it's a real drag. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's, you know, somebody with a little bit of uh, composure and uh, beauty, beauty, style, and grace, as Prince liked to, used to say. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it just you know, take it in stride, you know. <laughs> you would hope. Or, or hopefully it never actually happened and he's just saying like hey man this could this could happen if you right i'm at that point here yeah so yeah. back off <laughs> i i know myself well enough to know that i'm nearing the edge here and that i will not be able to come back from so maybe just let let me cool off for a minute all right so then he goes into the course again and the course once again is just a repeating of the because i get delirious delirious and he repeats that a few times and then, as I mentioned, the song just, like I said, just keeps propelling forward, and there really isn't any, there's no, um, there's no bridges per se, and there's no different instrumental breaks that you would call like guitar solos or synth solos. It just keeps moving forward, and so the next verse moves on. Just 
I get delirious whenever you're near. Really got to take control because I just can't steer. You're just too much to take. I can't stop. I ain't got no brakes. Girl, you got to take me for a little ride up and down, in and out, around your lake. Okay, so here we go again with the, the car metaphors. Um, he talks about steering again. So before he said, lose all self-control, baby, just can't steer. And now he's basically saying, because I can't steer, you need to take control. <laughs> he's telling the girl, take the wheel because uh, I'm so delirious that I can't even... I can't even drive anymore. You've got to drive. You've got to be the one to drive this car, a.k.a. my body, <laughs> or your body in that case. So she, he takes, he implores her to take control because he just can't steer. And he doesn't have any brakes, as he mentions again. So there's another car metaphor. Just can't um, put a stop to it. There's no way to stop this for himself. So she needs to be the one to basically establish how far this goes because he will not be able to say no. That's what I take away from this line, this final verse and kind of the song in general. Like she needs to control the situation because he won't be able to stop. Yeah, again, um, most definitely. I, and not to, you know, to be, be too graphic or anything like that, I, I would take it as, you know, that uh, maybe she needs to be, you know, uh, on top in this situation, if, if you're if you're talking about, I guess positions and and you know it, at least um, it seems, you know, from my own life and my own personal experience, when you know that happens, it, it is a bit easier to control what's going on at least in in your own. You can uh, how should we say? You can last a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's we saying. You 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 get on top. You do the thing because if I steer, we're gonna crash or however you want to say it. And uh, it's you know it's, we're not gonna have a you know a good time. The one thing I, I get confused about here is though in and out around your lake. I've never heard lake as as a metaphor for say a woman any kind of woman's body or you know any particular body part. And I, I, I that's you know that one's odd to me, but. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I'm assuming that's where he's going there, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of harkens back to um, on the For You album, the song In Love. So he says, I just want to play in your river. And, and, and what he's referring to is, is her vagina. Sure, So sure. he's using another um, water metaphor here instead of a river now it's a lake it's a lake. so if, if you don't know that like if you right. weren't familiar with the for you album or the song in love this does feel like it's kind of hearkening back to that yeah it's kind of weird to think of it as that because you it's not a common uh metaphor for that it's not something that you hear a lot of people say but for prince for whatever reason he likes to use water metaphors and he does it a lot in his career but I don't hear him say lake too often. So I always heard this before I, you know, like as a kid and just even for years after when I just didn't care enough to look up the lyrics or even could, I always thought he said leg, L-E-G. So <laughs> I thought he was saying, you got to take me for a little ride up and down, in and out and around your leg. And I thought that was just trying to have him say like, you know, between her legs. Um, which would make, yeah, I mean, it'd be more obvious, but would make much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I thought he was referring to just, you know, the area between her legs. And so he said, leg in and out around your leg. But, uh, that apparently is not the line. So, um, that's kind of when I learned it was lake 
then when I started doing this podcast and then I was, you know, in love was the second track that I did because it's the second track on for you and the, the river metaphor really, uh, really hit me at that point. I'm like, Oh, okay. And it kind of, it, it made more sense. This line made more sense knowing that he did that years prior and called it a river and now he's calling it a lake. So apparently it's, it's kind of in the same family of bodies of water, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I feel you on that one for sure. Yeah. And yeah, he seemed to carry on a lot of the stuff with the water and, you know, Purple Rain, obviously, with Lake Minnetonka and, you know, things that I've I've read. And I, I alluded to you and I think a, a message at some point. Um, he had, I, I forget which book it was. I, I read a book where, to his own detriment, Prince, like, had this thing with bathing women and things of that nature oh, and yeah. a, a lot of times it was like it, it, we, the women would be like all right we don't i don't want to play this game let's just get to what we're here for why do we have to go through like this whole almost ritual of, of you know you giving me a bath and things like that and um so yeah he i guess he had a, a kind of a a sexual you know i don't want to say fetish but it seems maybe that respect of you know with bathing and water and you know so there was something to him that was um you know, a little more, I guess, obviously sexual than to somebody else. Certainly a lyrical fetish, if nothing else, and but also yeah. visual. I mean, he's got that very famous scene in the When Doves Cry video where he's crawling out of a bathtub. So, yeah, you no know, doubt. For, yeah. for a lot of people, that is one of the first times they've ever saw Prince was crawling out of a crawling bathtub. Crawling out of that bathtub, yeah. I remember, I remember my mother saying he's weird and my aunt saying that, my aunt saying that he was sexy. So you had two different <laughs> versions yeah. of it. Yeah, definitely like, two different. You, you yeah. get a lot of extremes uh, with friends. He's weird. And no, he, no, he said, all right. And they like kind of argued about it. And I was like, I just like the song. I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. Prince tends to, um, to elicit a lot of extreme emotions on either side of the, the fence. So, okay. So then after the verse, uh, he starts to get, it seems like he's going to go back into the chorus again after that verse and about talking about in and out around your lake. And he says, cause I'm delirious. And then he starts to do a little, what maybe is a little more ad libbing or just adding some different lines to the, yeah, kind of, kind of riffing on the chorus. Yeah. 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 I'm delirious. You, you get me delirious. And then he says, baby, lay me down delirious. The room, the room spinning around. And a lot of these, he's saying pretty fast like he's kind of pushing the words together because he has to say them really quickly to make them fit in in the, the you know the style of the, the chorus and making sure right. that the, the lines fit within how the song is already structured you can't drag it out because it just it just won't sound right and uh, and he has some weird or i wouldn't say weird he has some different vocal affectations again even in this part where he's like the root the root the root yeah. <laughs> just spinning around. <laughs> I'm I'm not doing it justice, and I will definitely add it in here so people can hear it. If you're not familiar with the song, you 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 get me delirious. I think it's you know the, the weirdness of his voice or the kind of the is showing that you know he's he's he is becoming delirious literally and you know and 
it's you know this being with this woman now has really you know pushed him over the edge and his voice is you know he's losing control completely yeah yeah and, and his vocals definitely um mimic that and sound in, in that way where he is losing control because he adds a lot of loops and 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 different um, style of singing here towards the end um got me in repair everybody got to and then it, you know, he just says everybody in Olo or delirious, and but saying it doesn't really make any impact. There's no impact to saying these these lines at the end. It's all about how he delivers them. How he delivers just, them. Yeah. yeah, saying them just makes it sound ridiculous. But um, when he sings them, uh, it really sounds cool, actually. You know, and but I like the end. And then there's a lot of you know just synthesizer lines towards the end. And it just repeats the do 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 do, and he's got a few more synthesizer things that he does. It's almost like he's riffing on the synth instead of playing a piano and just doing his little synthesizer riffs. And um, then the song ends after just repeating "Delirious" a few more times, and you get the the, the baby cooing, and that's the song. That's "Delirious." <laughs> that it is. <laughs> <laughs> the song is a little bit delirious. Prince's vocals are a bit delirious because it's not a style that he uses. Especially at the anymore. end, yeah. I mean, and I said I think it, it's kind of just driving home the point of how, you know, how what state he is now in because of this woman. It's you know he's finally at that point and it's he's literally losing control. And I think you know again the yeah the riffing on the on the synths at the end and and I you know I wonder you know if the again just kind of go completely through to the metaphor is is the is the baby, you know, cooing at the end, you know, kind of a a cherry on top for the uh, the <laughs> orgasm metaphor in a sense, you know, is that it's like finally it's like okay, boom, that's the, you know, the but that's just you know again as a kid, <laughs> not so much taking that away from it, but as yeah, a, he's certainly good. I mean, you can definitely take that to mean okay, that's, that's where I'm, you know, finally, all right, he finally reached that plateau, shall we say, yes. and that's the that's the sound we're getting to to. You know, as a kid, I said, you know, as I said, it, it was funny. It, you know, made me laugh. But because, um, you know, you didn't, you didn't really hear anything like that. And, you know, but as an adult, it's like, OK, I think he's kind of putting an exclamation point on the, the, the metaphor here with that noise, with that sound. Yep. Good astute observation there, Mr. Bonner. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I think then uh, we probably have spoken about Delirious as much as we probably need to. It's a good song. It's, you know, I mean, in terms of 1999, it's probably, uh, I would, I mean, as much as I like this song, I like a lot of songs on this album more, personally. It's still like a five out of five if I was going to rate it song for me because I, I never turn it off if I hear it. I enjoy listening to it. I look forward to it when it comes up on the track listing. But there's other songs on this album that just do it for me a little more than this song, I guess. So I really enjoy it, but it's it's never going to fall into my top 10 favorite Prince tracks. Um, I don't know where it kind of fits in overall songs for you, but um, what's your take overall? It, I mean, there are, as far as I'm concerned, there really are no down songs or, or bad songs on 1999. Um, oh. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... Um, you know, like a respite from a lot of the heavier stuff that he's, he's, uh, it's just a fun kind of, you know, 
danceable kind of song that you know it, it, if you the first three tracks obviously are 1999 little red corvette and then, then delirious um if you, you know there's i mean if you just take a word for each one of those songs there's you know in my mind you know 1999 is, is serious little red corvette is cool and delirious is just fun mm-hmm. and then obviously there's you know other songs that you know, follow that that deal you know delve into a lot more serious themes about relationships and, and sexuality and even uh you know, political stuff with free and, but as it goes, it definitely is up there as one of the more, you know, fun songs. And again, it like Jack you off or, um, you know, horny toad even, and which are very similar, which is kind of the, you know, it's not a song that I would, I would fast forward past or flip past ever. And yeah. it always will have, you know, kind of a, in, in my mind, I guess it, 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 as a kid, it just kind of solidified this guy was, you know, really worth paying attention to and you know that he was doing a lot of different stuff and i wanted to see a continuation of that or hear a continuation of that and you know i, I would have gone you know to any lengths to, at that point to kind of get a continuation you know to, all right I, now i need the album to really see what's you know what the whole thing is about so that's where delirious i think comes in for me yeah and he was able to he was able to do things with a synthesizer creating riffs and creating memorable hooks with a synthesizer at this time of his career, the way that, you know, rock bands, straight up rock bands were doing with their guitars. And so sure, this is just as memorable of a hook as any guitar line from the air as well. So it, it can go right up there with, with any rock band in terms of creating a memorable hook that in a memorable um, riff that uh, people can instantly recognize if presented and i think that that was a, a talent and something that he did extremely well in this era and um that was kind of important for him to to be able to do that in terms of uh, creating songs that people could really latch on to and uh, instantly recognize and really be like i had mentioned before in different songs an earworm hook that's what delirious is no doubt yeah yeah it gets you get stuck in your head and and you've got that synthesizer hook going on and on and on in your head if you wanted to because it's that catchy and it's that (laughs) and uh it's it's that easy to just kind of embrace because of how how good it is and so delirious for me is a great song uh it's it's, like I said, it's not my favorite off 1999, but it's a great song and it fits perfectly within the track listing. All right, so I think <laughs> then we'll wrap it up. And okay. this has been the Press for Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I wanted to thank Jerry Bonner again for joining me to talk about Delirious. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Jason, for having me once again. Yeah, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.